and welcome to the Creative Christians Chat Show. I'm Brendan Conboy, the dog in the pod. This show is bursting with creative stories, ideas and inspiration with a Christian perspective. So let's get on with the show. Welcome back to the show and today is going to be slightly, well very different I I hope. Uh, Today's episode is called Take a Walk on the Wild Side and my guest today is Philip Wilder from Colorado. Hi Philip. Hello, how's it going? Thank you so much for having me on the show. It's going great. Well, I hope it's going great. The reason why I say this this episode is going to be completely different is that normally I've, I've prepared and uh, and all I've done to prepare for for this episode is to take a look at Philip's website, which is a really good website. And uh, he sounds like an intriguing character. I've not yet chatted to him, so we've not done anything behind the scenes to prepare for this. So this is going to be an as it is chat with a young man who is incredibly talented incredibly incredibly creative and he's extremely adventurous that's (laughs) a pretty good introduction right there thank you (laughs) you you said just now before we started recording that um the river is high and you were going to go off down the river and and you (laughs) what is what did you mean by that go off down the river well, okay, it's not a very adventurous thing. It's just an outdoorsy thing. The river here is pretty flat, and typically it's really low, and so floating down the river is not all that exciting. But since there's a lot of spring water, yeah. there will it'll it'll be flowing pretty quick. So I'm excited. I've never done it like this before. So sounds good. Sounds like the sort of thing I used to do. You've done some crazy adventurous things, haven't you? Uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I wish I had done some more, but God, God leads when it's the right time. How old are you now? I am at 28. 28. Okay. I was 26 when I became a Christian. Okay. Uh, and I was uh, 40 when I climbed Kilimanjaro. Wow. So, so that's, nice. that's, that's one of the craziest things that I've done. What's the craziest thing you've done? Uh, probably the craziest thing I did was moving to the Middle East for missions work without ever leaving the country before so I'd never left the U.S. and then I just up and left to spend a year in the Middle East I'd never visited the Middle East I'd never left the country before I had to get my passport to go it's like what in the world am I doing but God showed up so it was is a great adventure for sure wow where did you go in the Middle East so I actually can't really tell you that for security <laughs> reasons okay but yeah um I Uh, went to the Middle East proper. There's a lot of other countries that could be called the Middle East, but aren't like Turkey and Egypt. They're not technically the Middle East. So can narrow it down that much for you. Yeah. Okay. The scary bit. Why did you go? Well, there's a lot of reasons, but the main reason was I just started realizing if my faith means this much to me, like literally, hopefully this is the case with every, with all of you listening, but if I'm willing to give up everything to keep Jesus, like if Jesus said, Hey, you can either have me or your money, you have to choose between this. Well, hopefully I'd pick Jesus above all else. And so I realized like, if I didn't have Jesus, my life would be completely meaningless. 
And fortunately, I grew up in a Christian family where I could hear about Jesus almost on a daily basis. Mm. But then I started realizing, what about those who don't get to hear Jesus, who not only don't grow up in Christian families, but don't grow up in Christian countries? For example, people here in the U.S. and people around where you live, I'm sure this is the case too, but I, I'd i be willing to bet, and I don't normally bet, so this is all just <laughs> an example, but I'd be willing to bet 100 bucks that I could walk to anyone on the street and say, do you know a Christian? And their answer will be yes. Yeah. Everyone in the West knows at least one Christian. Yeah. Additionally, if say, okay, say the absurd happens and they've never met a Christian before, I bet you a thousand bucks, I could ask them, where is a church? And they could tell me where <laughs> a church is. Yeah. Or at the very least, they could look it up on Google Maps, whatever. Yeah. So if they don't know a Christian friend, they at least know where a church is that they can ask questions to. If they don't know where a Christian is, or have never met a Christian, don't know where a church is, at the very least, they have access to thousands or maybe even millions of Christian resources in their language by accessing the internet on their phone any second of the day. So they are seconds away from the gospel if they just happen to be curious at any part of their day. But there are people in the world, and this is what compelled me to go to the Middle East, there are people in the world, especially in the Middle East, especially in India, especially in China, who have never met a Christian. Mm. They have never seen a church before. They don't even know what a church would be if you were to ask. And say they have internet, which most of these people don't have the internet. Say they have the internet, either it's restricted yeah. or say it's not restricted. Very likely they don't have any Christian resources in their language. So there are people in this world, thousands, millions of people in this world who have never heard of Jesus's name. And if they spent their entire life searching with all the money that they have and all the time that they have left, they will never find Jesus unless go, if somebody goes to them. To go and there, so, that's, that's a tough calling. It is. But if we really look at what eternity is going to be like. There's nothing in this world we need to hold on to. So why not live this life for Christ? You know, why not? Yeah. <laughs> I think <laughs> everything in this life that we could love is going to be a billion times better in eternity. But there's one thing in this life that we won't have that. Well, one thing in this life that we have that won't be in eternity with us. And that's the opportunity to share Christ with the lost. Yeah. And I don't want to be entering into eternity trying to accumulate all of this wealth for myself and a comfortable living and then reach there and be like, oh, my gosh, I missed out on the greatest opportunity of my lifetime. Yeah. When that opportunity is gone, it's gone. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. how do you know that God is calling you into that that way of, of living, though? You've written a book about God's calling yeah you know that's an interesting question and i think it all comes back to knowing god if yeah. we know god and if we read his word and spend time in prayer we'll hear his voice yeah and sometimes you don't even need to hear his voice because your heart beats to the same pace as his and so that's what happened with me i just had this deep burden on my heart to go and share with these people in the middle east and honestly my heart still beats to that that's why i'm doing what i am doing today because i can't reach all these people by myself so yeah. 
I believe God's called me to write fiction, write nonfiction and travel and speak to encourage Christians to go, to go out and share locally and globally because more need to hear. And there are thousands of people dying every day who never heard the name of Jesus. You mentioned about what you are doing today. What is that? Yes, yeah, so I work. Who with, do you work for? <laughs> <laughs> I work with a ministry called the Great Commission Alliance. It's a small ministry, but I love it so much. Basically, what we do is we focus on evangelism and discipleship. Yeah. So we travel around the world, training churches in evangelism and discipleship, um, mostly in Africa and Asia. But we're trying to reach out into Europe more and more here in the U.S. and yeah, ultimately, we just train on those two things, because if people start stepping out in evangelism and discipleship, I think we'll see a whole lot more spiritual maturity, I guess you could say, because God has called all of us to evangelism and discipleship. It'd be like, imagine a pastor coming up to you and say, like, you know, I just don't have the gift of prayer. You have the gift of prayer. So why don't you pray? And then I'll just focus on preaching. I'm not going to pray. <laughs> We'd look at that pastor and be like, you should not be teaching. <laughs> No, but yet, so many, yeah exactly but so many of us take that same mentality and say you know what you're gifted at evangelism philip so i'm gonna let you do evangelism and then mm -hmm. i'll pray for you yeah you know or i'll do this or that whatever yeah we've been called to all of this you know just because you don't have the gift of hospitality doesn't mean you can't be hospitable no. sure maybe your role in hospitality isn't going to be as extreme as those who are gifted in hospitality but we're all called to carry out all the gifts of the spirit or well, fruits of the spirit. Yeah. And so we're all called to do evangelism and do discipleship. Yeah. The degree at which we do that will vary for each of us. So your life is built upon uh, Matthew 28, 18, 20. The, yes, the, indeed. The, I love that. Yeah. The great commission. What a, mm -hmm. what a scripture to build your life upon. I mean, I think we should be building our life upon all of scripture, but well, that's yes. a good one to emphasize. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I'm glad you said that. <laughs> yeah, I keep posting stuff online saying, what's your, what scripture have you built your life upon? And because uh, there's 14 in my life that scriptures that I, mm -hmm. I, I call them my foundation stones. Uh, I'm not mm -hmm. going to go into them, but uh, so I'm constantly asking what scripture have you built your life upon? And yes, the answer is everything, all of it, the whole yeah. Bible. <laughs> yeah. You've so the, the, the book, how did that come about? That's a good question, honestly, because you see, just like how you asked me, how did you know God was calling you to do this? A lot yeah. of people ask me stuff like that because God called <laughs> me to do a whole bunch of weird things. Yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of people were asking me, well, how do you know what God is calling you to do? Hmm. And enough people ask me that, that it's like, you know, I should, I should write a book on this. <laughs> yeah. And so I just started compiling some of my thoughts and it became a book and it's doing pretty well now, which is really awesome. But right. I'm just glad that I can encourage people to follow God's calling because a lot of people don't think that God has a calling for them. No. I guess the other reason why I wrote this book is because when I was younger, I used to play a lot of video games and yes. there's nothing wrong with playing video games, but it's the amount of video games that can be wrong. And it's, I remember while I was playing these video games that I just felt really unfulfilled. 
yeah. I felt like there's no purpose in my life. I felt like it was fun in the moment, but then once I like stepped away from it, it was like, where did my day go? Yeah, that consuming. What am I doing with my life? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're so fun that they're so consuming. And so yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just realized that there's gotta be something more, you know? And I think God has given us guys and women too the desire for adventure. Yeah. And that, this is where I get my pen name <laughs> Philip Wilder from. Yeah. But God has given us a desire for adventure for a reason, you know? C.S. Lewis talks about how we have a desire for food because there's food. We have a desire for water because there's water. We have a desire for love because there's such a thing as relationships. Yeah. And I think God's given us this desire for adventure because he wants to fulfill that within us. I mean, nobody wants to live that life where you get stuck in a routine for the rest of your life and then you die. You know, no. everyone <laughs> wants to have adventure. Everyone wants to be spontaneous to some degree. Yeah. And I think God's given us that because he wants to fulfill that. The tricky thing is in order to fulfill that, we have to follow him. Mm. And we shouldn't be following him to fulfill that. We should be following him, trusting that he'll give us what's good. And what's right. And so I wrote that book, especially just to really encourage these young guys that you, we play these video games, we read these books, we watch these movies, and none of that is bad necessarily. But if it's taking over your life, yeah, my encouragement to you listening is God can bring adventure into your life. There is something more. And this is, this is what I write for. This is kind of my motto is to challenge believers to adventurous and Christ-filled lives through wild steps of faith. And that's what's required, wild steps of faith. Love it. Because adventure <laughs> can't happen until we step out into the uncomfortable. Yeah. Sometimes, uh, sometimes God makes us uncomfortable, though. Uh, before we actually step into something the very first podcast episode that I produced was called uh, falling or calling and in my in my own life I've experienced falling into a situation almost as if God pushed me into a situation uh, and then I realized that uh, he'd been calling me and I'd uh, I'd ignored that calling to some degree so he pushed me into it gently nudged and I fell into my calling and uh, yeah God can make things uncomfortable sometimes so that we we have to move and then we find us, ourselves in the place where he wants us to be on that great adventure the Bible's full of adventure isn't it yeah absolutely <laughs> so why shouldn't it be in our lives as well and yep, that's exactly what I based all of this off of. I mean, look at every single disciple. Yeah. Look at Abraham, look at Moses, look at Joseph, look at David, look at uh, Daniel. Look, I could keep going. You yeah, know, jo Jonah's one of my favorite. <laughs> well, Jonah's a great example of what you were just talking about, falling yeah, into your calling. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe more like getting spat out into your calling. Yeah. <laughs> First, you had to fall into the water first, so yeah, but yeah. I haven't God's been given us fish. <laughs> God's given us what? Sorry, God's 
God's given us the opportunity for adventure. You know, this world, yeah, maybe it's explored for the most part. So that sort of adventure has faded. But there are so many missionaries to this day living incredible lives. I mean, they're yeah. serving Jesus, so that's why they do it. But if you look at their life stories, it's like, oh my gosh, how could I not want to live like that? And that's, yeah. I remember growing up reading missionary stories and actually in college, I was really getting into reading these missionary stories and it just clicked with me one day, like there is no life better than this. Mm. And I think that happened when I was reading Brother Andrew's book, God Smuggler. Yeah. Love that book. <laughs> And other books like it, there's Bruch Co. by Bruce Olson. There's um, there's Lords of the Earth by, I forget who wrote that one, but the same guy as he wrote Peace Child. So many amazing books out there that like really demonstrates this life does not need to be boring. It only becomes boring because we make it boring by having all these comforts around us, by having security in our possessions. Yeah. You know, the one step away to find adventure, and I'm not saying this is what God's calling all of us to do, but if your life is boring, go and sell all that you have. Suddenly life will be much more exciting. <laughs> yeah. Not that everyone should do that, though. Somebody listening to this might be saying, yeah, it's all right for you. You know, you've got it all hunky-dory. You know, your life is sorted. Everything's smooth for you. Look at my life. My, I'm, you know, somebody listening may be struggling just every day to, to exist and get out of bed. And, you know, mental health may be pushing them way beyond. They feel they're out of God's reach. What would you say to somebody like that? That's a great question. And for you listening, if that is your situation, I would strongly encourage you to read Hudson Taylor's story or William Carey's story, because both of their lives are full of exactly that. Hudson Taylor could hardly pay rent. Also, he was sick all the time. And though he wanted to go to China to be a missionary, he just couldn't. And yet... Now we know him as a guy who started the China Inland Mission. He's a very well-known guy. Same with William Carey. William Carey was allergic to the sun, and he moved to India <laughs> to be a missionary. So God works in mysterious ways. And if that is your situation, I feel for you. That is a hard spot to be. Yeah. I don't know what God is doing, so I can't say you need to do this, but I can say God doesn't mess up. God doesn't, <laughs> one of the quotes that um, we put in our new singleness book that I'm writing with another friend of mine is God doesn't waste space on his canvas. You don't exist because it just happens. You know, God put you where you're at. He gave you the certain things he gave you for a reason. And you can go all through the Bible and you can see that God uses weaknesses. So whatever that might be, trust God, read his word, read these other missionary stories too, to just see the incredible things God can do. And don't limit yourself to what is normal in our society yeah. because God loves to work outside of the normal. <laughs> well, I've, I asked you that question because on your website, you talk about your own your journey of depression that you've been mm. through what was that yeah. like? 
so I have two older brothers who are just incredible. And growing up, I just wanted to be like them. (laughs) And all my friends wanted to hang out with them more than they wanted to hang out with me. I had girls my age coming up to me confessing that they really liked one of my older brothers. And it's like, oh my gosh, again, like, why are they so cool in every single way? And I'm not cool. And that led to a lot of insecurity and a lot of depression because I started wondering, like, are these, like, are my friends actually even my friends or are they better friends with my brothers? Yeah. And, you know, that depression just can be a downward spiral. Yeah. You start holding to all the negative things in life. Oh, I don't have any friends. Oh, nobody likes me. Oh, everybody likes my brothers more than me. Oh, I'm so insecure. Oh, I'm just not cool. You know, and it just keeps going downhill and you cling to every negative thing and forget all the positive things. You know, there's no way to get out of that in your own strength. No. And I am so grateful that God delivered me from that. And the only way that I can see that God delivered me from that is I spent a summer serving with Child Evangelism Fellowship. I don't know if you've heard of them. No. But I was one of their teen summer missionaries at the age of 14, I believe. Well. And I spent that whole summer teaching kids the Bible and Bible verses and songs about God's truths and missionary stories. My whole summer was just so packed with all of that. Wow. And then by the end of the summer, I remember looking back and being like, what happened to that depression? Where did it go? (laughs) Somehow it just vanished over that summer. And I remember at the end of that summer realizing God defines who I am. Yeah. Yeah. I am not my brothers. And that's a very good thing. You know, if I try to be like my brothers, I'm going to be a terrible version of my brothers (laughs) or a knockoff (laughs) version of my brothers. You know, I'm not going to be as good at them, which is why I was so insecure, because I was trying to be something I wasn't. So the question is, how do you become yourself? Well, only God knows who you are. So we have to spend time with God, following and walking with God. And only then can we find who we truly are. I mean, isn't it interesting that people go on journeys of (laughs) self-discovery? You know, it's like, I'm going to go and discover who I am, which says we are not in control of who we are. We were born with a set me, you know, (laughs) like who I was was set when I was born. And now I'm growing and learning more about who that me is, which just fascinates me that we can discover who we are. We of all people should know who we are. Yeah. At the age of 28, you're still discovering as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm far from it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm 62. I'm, I'm still discovering. <laughs> yeah. So, and I think we'll have an eternity to learn that as yeah, well, too. Yeah. But yeah. I, I always say be the best version of you that you can be because nobody else can be you better than you are. And the only way to find out who you are is by turning to God. Yeah. Because he's he is the only person who truly knows who you are. And he truly knows everything that'll make your heart sing and all the things that'll make your heart break. And so why is it that we have such a hard time trusting God? You know, when he calls us to do something like in that example earlier, giving away all of our money or say maybe moving to another country or I don't know, something as crazy as asking a certain girl out or whatever. God knows who we are. 
so why don't we turn to him for guidance? You know, if God calls us to do something and we're like, no, that's going to be terrible. Who's more likely to be right? (laughs) I don't think God calls us to do things that are outside of our abilities. And, and if, if they are, if he calls us to do something that is outside of our ability, he equips us to do it. He, he equips the called. And, um, yeah, certainly happened with me. Uh, what's your next big adventure? My next big adventure? Well, I am still seeking publication with my fiction books. So just, <laughs> it certainly feels like an adventure, just pressing forward, trusting God with it. Still getting no after no. Actually, this last week, I got another publisher that said that they couldn't, well, that they didn't want to publish it. So it's like, oh, here I am back to square one. But trusting God with that is a big thing. But the next immediate adventure is this book that I co-wrote with a friend called, well, we haven't figured out a name yet for it, but it's about Christian singleness. It's basically walking through how to understand singleness in a healthy way. Because I was, I had never had a girlfriend until I turned 25. And that was, especially being a missionary, you know, everyone's like, oh my gosh, you need to meet my daughter. Or, oh my gosh, you need to meet my friend. It's like, ah. Or I talked to someone and they'd, (laughs) they'd say, I tell them that I'm single and they'd say, well, I'll be praying for you. (laughs) like there's something wrong with it (laughs) exactly and it's like you know honestly I would really appreciate that prayer because I do not want to be single but at the same time God has never promised us marriage no never promised anyone marriage and so why are we assuming marriage is what's going to fix you no Christ is the only one who can fix any any of us you know and so I think the Western church and even the global church has done a terrible injustice to singles, making them feel like they're less important or that God can't use them as much, which the Bible says the exact opposite of that. And that they'll never be happy until they're married. Yeah. And that's just not true. (laughs) There's a stigmatism of rejection. That's, that's what a lot of single Christians feel like. They feel rejected and they're stigmatized by it. That's that's just wrong. The book that you're talking about sounds like a a big need. Yeah, no, I mean, I wish I had this book when I was younger. So I'm really excited to get this out there. And I don't know who it'll impact, how it'll help them, but just how it all came about is just amazing. (laughs) And so uh, my co-writer and I, we both know God's going to do something with this. Again, we got to define success in in God's standards, which is simply just being faithful to what he's called us to do. And if it sells one copy or if it sells 1 million copies, you know, it's, yeah, we need to be faithful before God to do what he's called us to do. And anything beyond that is just an overflow of the abundance of God's grace. I always say for me, because I'm on, I'm on my ninth book now, just about to publish it. And I self-publish now because I got fed up with all the knockbacks. Uh, but I always say success looks like uh, one person reading one of my books and the message that, that is contained within it impacts their life in a way 
that they they find God or or they come closer to God in some way. That's that's success. A lot of writers would say success is selling a million copies or making a, a million bucks or whatever. That's you know what it, what is success when it comes to 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 working for God. You, you know it's doing whatever God calls you to do. Your calling to me sounds like it is taking God's message to the people that need to hear it. Is that how you would sum it up? Yeah, I think that's a pretty good way to sum it up. I mean, sorry, my calling, I believe, is to be faithful, <laughs> whatever that looks like. You know, if I, I have several books that I don't know if they'll ever get published, but I was faithful to write the book that God laid on my heart. And even if that book was simply just there to help me grow in my writing or just simply there to encourage me in my faith, because I don't think an author who's following Christ could ever write a book that doesn't challenge themselves or that doesn't help them grow in their understanding of God. So success isn't necessarily how many people will read my book. But am I faithful to be diligent with my time to write the book that God has laid on my heart? And, you know, God's told me some crazy things about what he wants to do. (laughs) (laughs) I still have a hard time believing it. So let me give a quick example here. When I was single, you could say I was fairly desperate. I wasn't so desperate that I was asking every single girl out that I met, but I really wanted a relationship. I idolized relationships. And so when I was 25 and I met my now wife, about two weeks after I met my wife, I was just praying about it. It's like, God, do you want me to pursue this? What do you want me to do? And I felt God tell me she's the one. Hmm. (laughs) And I was like, God, (laughs) do you know what you just told me? Do you know how desperate I am? Like, you cannot be meaning what I think you're meaning because I'm going to take that and I'm going to run way too far and too fast with that message. Like the last time I felt like you told me someone was the person I'd marry, I did not use that wisely. Of course, it wasn't really God. I was twisting circumstances to make it seem like God was calling me to that as person. We do. Yeah. yeah, as we do. Uh, so with my writing, God's told me, at one point you told me this is going to be far bigger than you've ever imagined. And maybe that's just me hearing it. That's kind of how I take God's word. It's like, okay, I'm going to take this and I'm going to walk forward with this, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to claim that it's God speaking until it comes true. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the faith in that? <laughs> well, the faith isn't taking the steps. Okay. <laughs> because I mean, there are sometimes when God speaks something that's just so obviously him that I know I can step forward in that in confidence. And there's other times where he like hints at something and it's like, Oh, well, maybe, maybe this is God speaking, or maybe this is my heart just selfishly wanting something. So it's kind of my way of guarding myself against that. But yeah, at one point it felt like God said, he's going to make this bigger than I could ever imagine. And, you know, that might be, in a hundred years, somebody finds my book buried next to me or something and they pull it out and they love it and it transforms their lives and they publish it. And then it starts changing lives. You know, that happens. <laughs> yeah. So maybe that's what'll happen. 
I hope that's not the case. No. <laughs> I would love to see people <laughs> transformed in my lifetime. Yeah. But that's be forgotten. You know, this is the great thing about following God. We can trust him. You know, I don't know what the future holds. I love the example of David when he was anointed king, but then had to wait. Yeah. I think it was 12 years he had to wait before he actually became king. That's a yeah. long time to wait. And he was anointed king, a very obvious anointing. You know, it wasn't just like, oh, God, did you actually say that? It was like, no, this guy physically anointed me. And he's the prophet that's well-respected throughout the whole land, you know? Yeah. And he became a servant to Saul as well. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you, he's got to be thinking at this point, man, I'm so close. I'm in, like, the king's household right now, you know? And, oh, now he's trying to kill me. God, what are you doing? <laughs> I think that, and I was just thinking about this today. God had David wait, not just because Saul was in power, but also because God needed that time to work with David to make sure that David could be the king he had to be. Mm -hmm. And so I take that and apply that to my writing. We are all very selfish and prideful people. And when you add fame to pride or recognition to pride or success to pride, you get a terrible outcome. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know how prideful I am, but God does. You know, so he's, he's doing what he needs to do so that when I get to the place that he wants me to be, I have the heart I need to have in order to make the impact that he's set before me. So it's frustrating getting no's and getting rejected. And for you listening, I'm sure you've been rejected in one of your dreams or in whatever you're pursuing God with, but trust him. He, he knows your heart. He knows how to work with you and how to care for you. And sure, that path is going to be very different than you anticipate, <laughs> yeah. but it's, it's going to be good. And the key if we to it, trust and walk with him. The key is to step out in faith. That's Amen. the key. That's the first step. We have to step out in faith. Mm -hmm. We're running out of time, Philip. It's it's been great chatting to you. Um, yeah, thank you. Where can people find you? Well, website, <laughs> yeah, I have podcast. a website, philipwilder.com. The important thing to note here is Philip has one L. <laughs> yes, I did notice. So philipwilder.com, you can find me on Facebook or Instagram, even YouTube at philipwilderauthor. So check me out there. I'd love to get connected with each of you. And if this encouraged you at all, I would love to hear that, you know, just as much as I'm sure you would, Brendan. <laughs> about and you're, and you're on Instagram, which is where we met. Yes, indeed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and a podcast. What's the name of the podcast quickly before we run out of time? Living Wilder. Living Wilder. Which I'm you can find that on my website too. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to quickly pray, then you're going to go and jump in that river, aren't you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Lord, I thank you for Philip, for his testimony, his story, and, and his willingness to come on here and share it. Lord, I pray for the people listening that, um, that these words would have an impact on their lives, Lord, that anybody listening might come to that place of realising that we're all being called, Lord, that you call each one of us. And all we have to do is step out in faith into whatever it is you are calling us into. We may not know what it is, but you are calling us. And I pray, Lord, that you will 
make that so clear for each one of us now. Pray that you be with Philip as he goes to jump in that river and, uh, and enjoy a, a good evening in Colorado. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Creative Christians Chat Show. It's been great having you here with me today. Don't forget to share this podcast with your friends. I'm Brendan Conboy and you can find me at brendanconboy.co.uk where you can buy me a cup of coffee if you like to support me and my creative work. Follow me also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and YouTube. For now though, God bless and goodbye.